Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge, presented by Curriculum Track, a brief retreat from your daily routine to explore the latest thinking and practices from faith-based educators and instructional leaders from all over. Join us as we swap innovative ideas geared towards promoting your school's mission, and we'll keep the conversation as fresh as you like your coffee. We have Becky Gagne joining us in the Teacher's Lounge today. Becky is probably a familiar personality for many Curriculum Track users. She served as a Curriculum Track Support Specialist since 2018. And as such, she's helped schools set up their accounts, answered their specific questions, and sometimes they're not so specific support questions. <laughs> conducted many hours of training. Uh, she writes for the Curriculum Track blog. She's joined us at a conference or two with possibly more in the future. And we're excited to have her join us today in the Teacher's Lounge to provide us with an insider's view of how Curriculum Track works. So welcome, Becky. Thank you. It's great to join you. Well, it's nice to talk to you in this context. I know we interact quite a bit throughout the week as we're trying to support schools. And I thought it'd be interesting to share your story and share your perspective as you do your work. So Becky, you came to Curriculum Track um, as an educator, and even though you're playing more of a technical support specialist role here, that's kind of the unofficial or the official title for this role, you're still closely related to education as well. Tell us about the mm -hmm. role that education has played, specifically faith-based education mm -hmm. has played in your professional and personal life. So yeah, I, I still have kids that are engaged in faith-based education. So it's very important to me. My husband and I have, both of us grew up in Christian schools and faith-based schools. And our, so our focus has always, we both felt called to teach in Christian schools and um, he still is teaching, still teaches high school English. So it's very much part of who I am and I value it so much now. I mean, of course, growing up, it was valuable to me, but even more so now, I think with my own kids being engaged in it, both at middle school and high school level. And I guess even now into college, I've got a few in college. It was important enough to us to seek that out, even faith-based colleges for them. It's very much who I am and what I feel, as I said, I feel called to support. Um, even if I'm not actually teaching there, I love that I'm able now to teach the teachers, teach the administrators and of these schools that, you know, I believe in, <laughs> I support yeah, yeah. wholeheartedly. And when we, when we hired you and you know, it's been a few years ago now, um, yeah. you weren't necessarily looking to step away from the Christian yeah. school that you're yeah. at. Uh, yeah. It started out as a part-time role here at Curriculum Track. Tell us why you applied for that position. Yeah, uh, at the time, um, I got to be a librarian for about five years and I loved it. It was I called it my dream job because I just I love to read and I love sharing good literature with kids and still do, um, but just not in the librarian role anymore. Um, that was becoming gradually more and more part time. And we had kids heading to college, as I said. So we needed a little bit more than that from my earning side of things. So curriculum track kind of, I mean, you guys came alongside me and said, yeah, you can still do that part-time and do this part-time. And those were a crazy couple of years for me, but really good to kind of still be engaged there for a while and um, kind of gradually, well, 2020 hit and then it was kind of like everything changed up. So I've been really glad to be able to now step into this role full-time for a couple of years now and just really still be connected with the school just at a volunteer level instead of, you know, full-time or part-time. So, but it's enough of a, 
like it was enough of a love and investment. I mean, that's where my kids are. So, you know, I still value, you know, what the school values and it's still important to me. So I'm very thankful that the Lord gave that job to me for a space of time and um, allowed me to be invested in their, their ministry and their education for a while. And I'm glad for this now too. Um, as I said, I feel like it's reaching a broader realm in the same realm, but just more people. So it's been good. Really good. Yeah, you, you transitioned from what I'm, I think all of us would consider to be a highly social school environment. You know, I think the library <laughs> yeah. is even more social than right, perhaps other right. areas of the school to a work from home environment. And that uh, kind of happened uh, yeah. right around the pandemic. So there's all that yeah. craziness as well. What yeah, was the transition? like for you yeah that was a little tough and actually what was hardest was um when the new school year started for everybody else and i wasn't going back to school that was probably the hardest time for me i actually kind of grieved that i i had to just kind yeah. of allow myself to feel um sad about letting that go because i did love that work i loved being there i loved that job uh, and so there was a stretch where i just felt sad about that we were busy enough that it wasn't really <laughs> a super long issue for me, yeah, but, like um, bored, but, but, but even like last week, you know, my husband and kids finished school and I'm still working and that felt just weird. Like I'm celebrating with them, but I'm not yeah. really, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not in the same boat. So if anything, we're busier now than we are during the school year. So it's, it's just a different kind of a flipped world in some ways. Yeah. And of course, working from home. I love it. I've really enjoyed it for a lot of reasons. I like having quietness. I dwell happily in that. But also, especially since COVID 2020, there have been a lot of times where either my kids had to quarantine or my husband got very sick. And if I had had to be leaving him every day or whatever, it was just really nice to be home for that, um, to be available to go pick up kids when they've got to come home and be, you know, quarantined or whatever. So there've been a lot of times where, you know, just having that flexibility of working from home, it has been yeah. a real blessing. So yeah, it was many a transition, here, but it's good. Yeah. And many of us here, all of us here at Creation Track have gone through a similar experience transitioning out of the classroom. I know I say, I think you'd probably agree with this, that it's easy to miss the school environment just about every day. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, there are aspects that you don't miss, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I get yeah. this time of year, this is, you know, early June, uh, most of our friends are now on summer vacation and we're working a regular right. job. Uh, so yeah. we don't, and we're yeah. actually busier this time of year than we are sometimes through the school year. So it's easy to yeah. miss summer break and some of the other rhythms of the school life. But what about school life? Would you say you don't miss? What are some of those elements that you're like, oh, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that right now. <laughs> Well, what's interesting is, you know, my husband teaches uh, middle school, high school English. So he's now having some of those students that I had when they were in elementary, <laughs> some of those <laughs> challenging students. And I can say, yep, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't miss the challenges of, yeah, disciplining and dealing with students and just, yeah, keeping up with those kids. It's not something I miss. <laughs> yeah. I fully sympathize for sure, <laughs> but I don't miss it. It is nice to, in our, in our perspective, to deal more with the adults, the teachers, the professionals. Right, than right, the, yeah. The kids on a regular basis. Now, yeah. you're, a, you're a mom, a wife, you're involved in your church, uh, and even other yeah. ministry opportunities. 
what does it look like to be Becky Gagne when she isn't working for Christian Trek? What are the things that you do? Yeah, I have, I say I have six children. I have five and then we have an international student who's lived with us for going on six years. So she feels like one of ours. I just talked to her last night. She's home or she's in Hong Kong. So she's on flipped day. So she was in morning and I was at night, but so we stay closely connected even when she's home. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I have a lot of kids and they're all, we're in a weird stage where we've got a few kids who are working, trying to work full time and get their home. And so it's just kind of summer is kind of a weird time where we've got kind of a mix of schedules. But so being a mom is pretty important to me and being as available as I can be to them. That's pretty uh, important. Um, being a mom looks a lot different now than it did just even a couple of years ago, just because our three boys are college age and our two girls are middle school, high school. So their needs are just different, um, but it's, it's good. And uh, I work at our church. I help out teaching um, kids classes. That's where I kind of get my teaching fix in still sometimes um, and spending time with younger kids. I'm teaching a first through third grade class right now. My husband is leading the worship team at our church right now. So he pulls me into that a lot when he can. Um, I get volunteered sometimes. Sure. Yep. <laughs> And I love to read. I said that already, I think. Um, and I actually don't have a lot of time to read as much as I would like. So I do a lot of listening to audiobooks because I can do that while I'm cooking or whatever. Like to walk every day. That's a pretty big deal to me just to have space to myself and get outside when I can. It's Michigan. So this time of year is great for that. So yeah, those are, I guess I would say those are big things for me. And for those of us who peruse your Facebook post, we'll see stories about a missionary <laughs> friend that you hosted in your home yeah, while there. Yeah. A graduation yeah. event that you just had, and your son graduating. You took your younger kids yep. to Northern Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. A short trip. So um, there's a lot going on yeah. in the Guidance household. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I reminded there's a there's a saying that if you want something done, ask a busy person. And I think that fits you pretty well. <laughs> you got a lot going on. And yet I think a lot yeah. of people here at Creation Trinic would testify that you're a great support when they come asking for help. And you certainly do stay elbows deep um, in the day-to-day -day work of Creation Track. Uh, we call your position the support specialist. I don't even know what that means exactly. Maybe you could you can help us unpack that. I feel what really special. Yeah. <laughs> what are some things that you find yourself doing in a typical work day? What does it look like um, to work from home supporting curriculum track users? Well, um, it's one of the delights of my job, but also one of the challenges is just my job is mainly governed by email. Um, I have the hardest time staying focused. I really get distracted easily with all the emails <laughs> so that is my downfall. I think my weakness is I read something, think, oh, I got to do something with this now, but I'm doing something else. So yeah, being governed by email requests is wonderful because I love to write and I love to help people that way. But it's also a challenge because that is most of my day is just keeping up with people's, you know, email requests. Yeah. Um, I do spend a lot of time training. Um, I'm helping schools as they just get started, um, helping them set up their accounts. And then we typically have two meetings with every school. We try at least two meetings. So we try to 
set up their account and then I meet with them again and just train them in how to use the platform. And I really like those sessions because they're usually one-on-one or just with a small group. And I feel like I get to know people just a little bit, get a sense for them. Um, I think for some that's hard because it is a virtual meeting. It's, you know, it's on video and I think we've gotten better at that since 2020, Mm -hmm. but for, for some, that's not an easy platform to kind of open up on. So I like the challenge of trying to get people to open up and feel comfortable, not just there, but in the future. Like I want them to feel comfortable enough to come back and say, you know, I don't know how to do something. Just kind of leave the door open for that. So I spent a lot of time doing that. Um, I've started working with you more doing our CT certification training sessions, and that's more focused, more in-depth training. And so that's been good for me because it's kind of stretching what I know and how I can apply it, um, help, you know, others apply it. I like that aspect that I'm being stretched because I think it's good to always kind of be, maybe I shouldn't be saying this to you. (laughs) You're going to give me more new stuff, but I think it's always good to be like, just to have to grow in some way and try new stuff. It's hard, but it's good. Um, And unfortunately, all you guys that are taking it are my guinea pigs, but it is good to, I think, to have to teach in a different way. So yeah. it's been, yeah. it's been fun to learn that. And working, I think most of us would, I mean, the whole world went through this during the pandemic. Most of us would say teaching or trying to train people remotely through web conferencing, Zoom or whatever, there is, it, you have to work harder at it. I think yeah. most people would agree with right. that. Um, and that's right. why we want yeah. to go back face to face. We don't have that that luxury, um, right? But, so we have to find <laughs> ways to try to connect through the through the yeah. uh, internet. And then in it's, addition it's, to, go ahead. I was just going to say it's a blessing and a curse. There are hard yeah. things about it, but I think you know I could never meet with you know administrators in the Philippines any yeah. other way. And so right. to be able to meet with people all over the world and all over the states, it's just it's really remarkable. Yeah. Um, how, so, many, how many curriculum yeah. track accounts do you think you drop into in a typical day? Because um, when you get a ticket or a request or do training, you're obviously in that school's account working with them yeah. on whatever they're going on. If you had to guess how many different accounts you see each and every day, what yeah. number would you put on it? That's a good one. I would guess probably 20 to 30 accounts yeah. every day, just dealing with questions. <laughs> yeah, I would sure. guess that much. I don't know. Um, I, I think that's a good answer. I mean, I think I'm in about 20 a day and I'm not doing the number of training and support uh, requests that you get. So yeah, it's uh, and it's pretty fascinating. Just every account's a little bit different and yet, you know, yeah. the, the structure yeah. is the same. Yeah. And then in addition to the training and answering support tickets and the other things that you described, you also maintain some ongoing projects for curriculum track. Tell us a little <laughs> yeah. bit about what those are like. Yeah. So when you as schools are requesting standards that you need, I manage those projects. So a lot of our schools need, you know, either standards that they've developed, they want to have import imported into their account, or, you know, if a state has updated their standards or whatever, we need to reform, we need to format those as well. Um, And there's some work on the back end to do with that. And so we have a team of people who help us preparing those, formatting those for us. So I manage these people and keep them hopping because we have a lot of requests for this kind of a thing. So that's one project that I kind of oversee just on an ongoing basis. There's always, 
right? You take these if you don't get those done soon uh, enough. This, yeah. We needed them yeah. yesterday, but we're requesting them today. Can we have them by tomorrow? Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It's painful sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but it's, uh, uh, so that's one thing. And then there's also, um, we do map curriculum for some publishers. And this is a way that we love to support our schools is just providing curriculum that's fully mapped from some, some I'd say like six or seven publishers we have now that we've worked with. So as they are updating their editions or as they're adding courses that they want to make available in curriculum track, again, we have a team of people who they're working on mapping that. Sometimes I'm doing that. Sometimes other people on our sport team are doing that. And so just kind of keeping up with that, managing the updates, managing the new maps, getting those set up for schools to be able to import. So that's a job that won't ever go away because we're, we keep adding more publishers. And as you know, publishers just keep updating their curriculum as they need to. That's something that's definitely ongoing and we want to grow that area. So I think Hopefully we'll have somebody that's doing that full time just because it is a great support for our schools. Yeah. It's a good, really good tool. So all the things you manage in a, in a given day, a given week, how would you say that your experience as an educator and a wife of an educator, a uh, wife, a mother, a person engaged in the ministry, how would you say those things have helped prepare you or support you in your efforts to now support the faith-based schools that we work with? It's kind of funny. We were just talking about what somebody asked might've been one of my kids asked what I majored in in college. Um, I majored in English and speech. They were, it wasn't even an education degree. It was really like, if I were a parent, I would say, why would you do that? <laughs> but yeah. I have used what I learned there in so many ways over the years. And I use it still, like I love to write. I'm still presenting and speaking in public right now. So a lot of what I learned is still applicable there. I think what experience has taught me, like my time in the classroom and, you know, even as support staff at school, I have a greater appreciation or just an understanding, I guess, of what the teacher's life is like. I live with a person who doesn't have time to map curriculum, you know, like that's the reality. Um, so I know how that feels. But I also know from the administrative side of things how essential it is. And so just kind of my, my experience has helped me to be able to kind of more come alongside a school, I guess, with the understanding of what, what they're facing, you know, because I've, I've lived that through myself. So I think that helps. My mom was an English teacher and she taught me from a very young age that the written word is really important and the written word is permanent. <laughs> and so I think about that a lot actually in the way I respond to emails and that kind of thing because what you say in written form is lasting and it should be um, carefully crafted, but also um, in a way that you wanna be remembered <laughs> um, if you can. So that's kind of a side note, but that is pretty, um, pretty major part of the way I think, you know, when it comes yeah. to communicating. Yeah. And, and just thinking about that principle, the written word is permanent or the value of the written word in the context of why mapping, even this isn't really the focus mm -hmm. of our conversation here, but I can't help myself. Why yeah. mapping? Well, yeah. Let's put it into writing. Let's put into mm -hmm. writing the decisions right. that we're making so that we can see yeah. it. the power of the written word is right. uh, valuable even in a mapping context. So... Uh, you, if my math is correct, you're finishing up four years or just about to finish four years here at Curriculum Track. Am yeah. I right there? Yeah, um, I think so. 
sometimes I don't know how to calculate the pandemic. Was it three years? Or <laughs> I know. Or <laughs> anyway, exactly. so a lot four years here curriculum track, and in that time, uh, you probably helped hundreds of schools get started with their mapping journey. You probably worked with thousands yeah. of educators now at this point, uh, working with curriculum track and the day to day process. Reviewed hundreds of thousands of course maps. I'm sure at this point. <laughs> And probably millions of benchmarks, right? Individual <laughs> benchmarks with yeah. separate standard sets. Because sometimes I dream about them. <laughs> dream of yeah, you're you're proofing in your in your dreams. Mm -hmm. So you've seen a lot and you've dreamed a lot. <laughs> what <laughs> drives you to do what you do? Like, how do you find fulfillment in this process here at Curriculum Track? Do you still find that this work is exciting, or has it become somewhat routine after the amount of time and effort that you put into? Mm -hmm this wonderful practice of curriculum mapping. <laughs> yeah, most of the days it's not exciting. I wouldn't sit, use that descriptor. There are times when it is because of new challenges. I mentioned, you know, starting to do more training and I, I think that's that kind of excites me because it's new and different. But also sometimes the questions we get that challenge us to think differently about curriculum track or try to figure out a way to work with a school, I think that's really exciting to me. That kind of just, that adds spark to what I'm doing. That doesn't happen all that often though. And so I think what drives me, I mean, I'm a support person and I think I'm kind of a support person in real life too. Like it's just kind of, I like to be able to help people. <laughs> I like to be able to enable and facilitate. Sometimes that's not a good thing, but I like to be able to do that. You know, I have a hard time saying no to things. <laughs> my husband is constantly my no person <laughs> for me. He's like, you have permission to say no, but it's kind of what I love. And so it's a really good fit for me to be able to just, that's my job is to help people. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's probably what drives me. Yeah, and I agree with you there. Just the recognition that we're not necessarily <laughs> playing a main role in the process that the school is taking, but we're able to help support their efforts and hopefully yeah. help expedite and enhance their success in some yeah. small way. I find yeah. that to be very fulfilling. Yeah, it's very satisfying. I'm really glad that we're not like emergency help <laughs> most yeah. of the time. Yeah. I don't think I can handle that stress, but this is pretty low stress help. <laughs> yeah. And I can handle that. Yeah. The emergency, I mean, sometimes people come to us and they feel like it's an emergency. And it is yes. in that moment, right? So like, right. Uh, we just right. lost the cords. What are we going to do to find it? That feels like an emergency. But like, yes. as we say okay. so often, no one's going to die here. Let's, uh, let's, let's take a compression. <laughs> no one has died using curriculum track yet. And we're going to try to keep it that way. Yeah. So anyway, um, you often work with schools just getting started brand new to mapping, maybe brand new completely to mapping. They never mapped before, or they're brand new to curriculum track as a platform to support their efforts. And there's just a completely different set of, I don't want to call them problems, but when it comes to a new initiative, even if you've been doing the practice of mapping before, mm -hmm. trying to fit your practice into a specific platform like curriculum track can sometimes be just as challenging as approaching the practice of curriculum mapping fresh, never having done it before mm -hmm. as a school. So either way, new schools to curriculum track have their own set of challenges and frustrations and concerns and even barriers and hurdles to get over. What, from your vantage point, having worked with so many schools over the past several years, what would you want to tell those schools who are considering it or new to the process, mm -hmm. maybe feeling a little bit flustered and frustrated by the process? Well, I think that what I hear the most from my new schools is that 
curriculum track is very user-friendly. You know, when I'm going through the tools and helping them get things set up, most of the time they're saying, this is really easy. This is user-friendly. So I think there is always this guard or this wall in our minds about starting something new. I had this issue of trying a new program. I just had to switch to a new phone carrier and it's like, mm. uh, I'm really yeah. <laughs> tense about it. <laughs> so there that. are things, you know, about new things that are difficult, but I think what I would say is that let us show you around, let us get you started, acclimated, and then we're not going to just walk away from you either. We're going to stick with you. We're checking in with you all the time to make sure that things are going okay and that you're still alive <laughs> and that you're, you're managing things. Okay. So that's you our actually, job is to hang yeah, with you through it. Right. And you actually snoop in their account to see if there's maybe <laughs> specific suggestions that you can give I them. Do. Like, oh, don't forget yeah. this. Maybe yeah. this report would be helpful. Yeah. Over time though. So that was good advice. I mean, I think I would agree with that, you know, like just sometimes you just have to jump in and recognize that there's people here to help you. And that's really how we see ourselves. But over time, as schools get more comfortable with the platform and even mapping process, we um, kind of grow apart with them, right? Like we, they they just keep moving ahead and grow beyond us. We don't hear from them as much and that's okay. Uh, we don't take it personally, but we do right. continue to interact with them in limited ways. We hear back from them. We share their successes, enjoy and celebrate them. And I just wondered if there's something recently as a school, maybe a more mature school that you worked with that is starting to reap the benefits of mapping something helpful or encouraging that you've observed from one of those schools that you, you know, share or pass yeah. along or maybe earlier in the process. Yeah. I think probably the greatest thing that I've seen happen is when a school recognizes, yeah, sometimes they're doing it for accreditation purposes. They're getting their maps in place for that sake, just because they know they're going to be checked. They're accountable for it. That's not necessarily a bad motivator. We see that all the time. But I love it when they get to the point of, okay, what more can we do with this? And they reach out to add the lesson planner, which is, I, that's one of my favorite aspects because it does keep those maps alive. And so, you know, I, I got to train somebody with a lesson planner today who they're at that point where they've got their maps to a point where, yeah, they can go back and we talk about reviewing and refining them, but now they want to make them part of their culture. Like they want to make it a living, breathing reality for teachers every day as they're creating lesson plans. So I love it when schools do that, when they realize they don't just jump into everything all at once. You know, we want the maps, we want the lesson planner. We do that too, but I think it is best if they can take a phased approach. And I love seeing that when they get to a point of realizing there's more we can do and they want our help with that. Yeah. Yeah. What about the other side? We hear from schools quite a bit about we didn't get off the start that we wanted. I think, again, the <laughs> mm -hmm. disruptions that we've experienced over the past couple of years definitely exacerbate, exacerbated this, but our teachers are frustrated by this. They feel like curriculum mapping is a dirty word here at our school. We're not even allowed to talk about it without getting some frustration coming to the surface. How do you counsel or what advice do you give to schools who might find themselves in that situation? So... I actually met with a school like that this morning too. Like they actually set up, they met with me, I think maybe in 2020 or something. I mean, it's been a while. 
and kind of just needed to come back and refresh. You know, what, what can we do now to move forward? And as I said, I live with my husband. It doesn't have time to map. <laughs> He's already talking to me about mapping his new curriculum with him. And um, <laughs> so I know what a teacher's life is like. And I think that the best thing, like if this is going to be something that your school values, you got to show your teachers how much you value it by, you know, making it a priority. You show that by, in some ways, I mean, the effort is valuing your teachers. I mean, it's valuing their experience. They're the experts. And you're saying, we want to keep that content that you have in your head. We want to keep it. We want to build it. We want to grow it. We want to stretch you. And so ultimately it is your way of valuing your teachers. They don't always see it that way, though, because they got to put work into that. So if you're going to make this a priority, you've got to create time for it to happen. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I recommend is either, you know, if that's on a weekly basis, you just have a little stretch of time. That's this is what we're all working on together. Or if it's PD days or just setting aside um, time that's designated for this. It's not just, this is teacher work time because you know, they've got a gazillion things to do. It's, this is curriculum mapping time. And the other thing I say is if you can do it together as a team in some way, shape or form, if that's departments or if that's grade levels or whatever, it can be a really lonely job to try to do this all by yourself. And I think your maps may lack consistency if you're everybody is, if it's every man for himself. So somehow bringing the team together on this project is really vital. And we've talked recently about administrators who bring food <laughs> just mm. to encourage everybody to come together. Like this isn't just Absolutely. for work. It is to be together as a community and to be pushing toward the same goal together. And sometimes food helps that. So <laughs> make yeah. cookies or bring donuts or whatever, have the coffee ready. But yeah, as much as possible, providing time and providing a team is really essential, I think. Yeah. And yet even saying that, and I agree with that wholeheartedly, but even saying that, I think we both would agree that curriculum track and curriculum mapping is not the most important thing that goes on at a school. Um, we, that's yeah. kind of our operating, that's our operating theory. We, we base all of what we do on that, that it, this isn't the most important thing. It's a right. big initiative. It's a, it's an important task, but it's not the most important thing that goes on in the school. How would you explain that in the, in light of what you just shared, as far as, you know, you got to yeah. carve out crime, you got to make sure that teachers feel that they're important in the process. How do you explain that mindset that curriculum mapping is not the most important thing? Yeah, we think that curriculum tracker, I I guess I would say curriculum track is a part of, it's a piece of the greater picture. So your picture is going to look different from the school down the road. Your picture is what kind of, what's your mission? What's your, what are you hoping to accomplish with your students? Because your love, your, your care for them is vital. We think that curriculum track is a good way to support that, to show what you're doing and to show how you're loving them and training them, and caring for them, that's going to come out in your curriculum. It should come out in your curriculum. And so it's not vital to your school's life. It is a piece of it. And I think it's an important piece of it. And I think more and more schools are realizing this is a way of supporting what we're trying to do for our students. 
I think it supports your teachers too, which is also, I mean, that's right up there as far as, you know, what you value as a school, your students, obviously, and what they're getting is, you know, absolutely essential, but how that happens is through your teachers. And so our hope is that curriculum track supports them and yeah. makes them better and makes them grow and become what we call master teachers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what drives us to provide the support that we provide is, you know, as a school, you're doing important things with your students. Let us help support your efforts in yes, this one initiative, which can be so vital to your mission, to your students, but it's not the most important thing. That's why we're here to help you. Uh, yes, we don't expect right. you to figure it out on your own. But that being said, uh, I want to pick your brain here a little bit. What do you think is the most underused part of curriculum track by most schools? What's a part of curriculum track that you just wish more people knew about and embraced? Well, my hope is that this is becoming a little bit more used, but I think the access to other schools' maps is such a great resource because once again, you're not in this alone. You're not the only school that's, and you know that with your head, but to be able to go out there into the other curriculum area and see who else has mapped third grade PE, you know, how can I do this? I have no clue where to start or, you know, I think this is what I want to do, but I don't know what that looks like. What have other people done? I think that's really awesome to be yeah. able to be part of a larger community that's valuing the same things as far as curriculum goes. So I, 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 I say, I hope this is becoming more used because I spend a lot of time teaching schools about that. It may even be a good place for teachers to start before they even yeah. start mapping themselves just to see what's out there. There are some yeah. bad examples there, but man, right. there's a whole lot of good, say. you know, there's yeah. a whole lot of good to see and um, to get, get ideas from, to sh kind of connect with those schools too. Yeah. Just a great resource. Everyone is working towards this initiative out there, that other curriculum area, and you get to see the warts and all, right? Just, it just yeah. is what it is. There's right. good examples. Right. There's not good examples and it's all valuable to it in its own way, I think. So. Yeah. I still call every map a rough draft. You're never really done with it. Um, even True. when you think you are. <laughs> so yeah. they're rough drafts, but they're, some of them are, can be really helpful. Cause they're yeah. further along in the drafting right. process. Right. Well, let me invite you to dream a little bit here in curriculum track context. We work with schools all over the world. And if you could pick one location to travel to, maybe even mm -hmm. move to for a short term, short while, on a short <laughs> amount of time and provide on-site curriculum track support for that region of curriculum track schools. Yeah. Where would it be? <laughs> I mean, you literally have anywhere in the world to choose from. Yeah. So where would yeah. It be? <laughs> Well, I think I would go to the Mediterranean. I got, you mentioned Hawaii earlier this week and I already got to go there with, and I would definitely go back there in a heartbeat. So to our Hawaii yeah. schools, you can definitely invite me to come, but I think I would go to a school in the Mediterranean for sure. Somewhere in where it's warm and beautiful. Yeah. I'd love to go there. So That's yeah. That's a, a good choice. Good choice. I'm really good. glad that we get to meet with schools all over the world, even if you know, I can't really see what it's like, but it is really awesome. I think yeah. just to even make that small connection with them and find out, I don't know, I just get super inspired. I've actually met with people who are just starting schools, you know, like there's one in Thailand I'm thinking of that they're just kind of even formatting their curriculum for the school. And that just gets me really excited because Christian schools are popping up. Faith-based yeah. schools are growing everywhere. And that's just yeah. really awesome. <laughs> That is, and that is, that is something that I, I, it feeds me, it drives me to keep 
supporting schools because there's a saying I like to use, uh, rising tide raises old ships. You know, the more we work to improve our mm -hmm. curriculum, the better the state of faith-based education is around the world. So yeah, I like that. All right. Another question for you. You're pretty heavily uh, invested in supporting the, the daily mapping and lesson planning efforts of schools. You talked about that, some of the training, the one-on-one -on -one meetings that you do, and even the certification training that you're taking part in now. We're launching a staff evaluations tool. We're growing a resource bank of articles for our schools, our blog, even our podcast. These are things that we're, we're doing more of here at Curriculum Track. And I just want to ask you, uh, outside of the support work that you do, what are some other areas of the curriculum track initiative that you'd like to be a part of, or would like to see curriculum track get more involved in, continue to dream a little bit. What else would you like to do? And where else would you like to get your hands involved with supporting mm -hmm. schools? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't have time to dream a lot, <laughs> except <laughs> about standards that I'm working on. I, um, mentioned earlier that I would love to see things grow so much that we have to have a bigger team. So I would love to be able to specialize. Like if I were able to pick, I would love to be able to specialize in certain areas right now. We, you know, we're spread out so that we're covering a lot of areas because we can, but I think I would really love it if we can continue to pull in more faith-based schools, more schools who need us enough so that we could say, this is, you know, I'm a trainer and I get to meet with schools, you know, I would love that and get to train in just specific tools. Even I love that we, you know, our company just keeps coming up with ideas and ways to reach the needs of teachers, reach the needs of schools. Like the staff evaluations tool comes out of a, we see this as a need. We've heard this from our schools. And so we create a tool for it. And I think we're just going to keep doing that. I think we're just going to yep. keep finding ways. I'm not a very good idea person, so I don't really have those <laughs> ideas, but I love that they're coming up with them. And I yeah. love that we get to say, you know, just offer the support and offer the help with those tools. So I guess that's what I'd say. I'd love to get so that we're, you know, we have specialists in each tool area because there's a need for that. Um, it's growing yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you want to become more specialized not, and less <laughs> of a, a jack of all trades. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Becky, it's been great hearing from you today. I, I, I think I've learned a little bit, even though we get to talk on a regular <laughs> basis, I've learned a little bit about your work and your approach to work and, and what you enjoy doing. So thank you for sharing that. Do you have any final words of advice or encouragement or insight that you'd like to share before we go? I guess I would say, um, I, I end my emails a lot this way. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. And that is true. Like, don't be afraid with any question you have. We take the dumb ones too. It's, it's really important that we hear from you if you aren't sure. And if you feel like we've walked away from this and it hasn't been a priority, we don't care. We want you back. So um, I would say just always the door is open. We want to help you. We want to make you a success with this. So yeah, I think that would be my big encouragement to you. And I echo those words. So thanks for sharing that, Becky. Thanks for joining <laughs> us in the Teacher's Lounge today. Sure thing. It's great to talk with you. 
Thanks for dropping by the Curriculum Track Teachers Lounge today. We hope this conversation helped you feel more connected to like-minded educators and provided you with a thought, an idea, or even just a smile as you seek to do all that you can for all of your students. If you found this conversation to be helpful, do us a favor and rate this podcast. Also, be sure to share it with others. We would be grateful to hear from you with any ideas, questions, or thoughts that you may have. You can find ways to connect with us at CurriculumTrack.com.